A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to the NXT Dubai oh! Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Hamlet from What Culture, to review everything that happened on last night's episode of NXT Dubai. Last night. <laughs> but before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review NXT Dubai, but also right now. The great American. And did you really, really, I just want to chuck that in because it's NXT in it. Uh, as well as pay views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup for the week complete with a buddy and quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, they're joined by Hamlet to review NXT DBO uh, with lots of title matches and lots of wrestling. Yeah, it was all right, this, wasn't it? Um, it was low on the uh, nonsense that we enjoy, mm. I think. There was some, there's always some. The summit had some nonsense. The summit, the summit had some really bad nonsense. Um, it, was, it was just all right. It's probably I, I don't have a lot to summarize the show with because I feel like we're going to pick it all up in the. They, they didn't feel like an overarching yeah. theme to this particular episode. It moved some things on. It set some things up. There were no storyline developments that were so gripping that it becomes a headline conversation like uh, Cora Jade's turn from a couple yeah. of weeks ago. No, nothing like that. Nothing that will kind of like get anybody talking on that. Like, on the timeline about 2.0. It wasn't one of those weeks. Uh, but some of the wrestling was good. Some yeah. of the matches were good. Some of the developments were all right. I really enjoyed that main event, I've got to say. Yeah, I think I did too. It was a hard week to have a big lads and weapons match. Maybe the hardest in wrestling history after Brock Lesnar elevated the ring with a tractor. Like, <laughs> that's really tough to try and... You're not going to top it, I guess, but to try and at least meet people's expectations having just seen that. But it was wacky enough to work, I think. Mm. And... Uh... Feel betrayed. Well, something pretty goddamn disgraceful. We'll get to that dirty rat a little bit later on. Goddamn. Uh, show opened, as we suggested it should, on mm-hmm. the preview, and also previously advertised by WWE.com, yeah. uh, with the fatal four-way for those vacant NXT women's tag team titles. It was Gigi Dolene and JC Jane of Toxic Attraction, Ulyssa Leon and Valentina Ferroz, Ivan Ireland, Tate and Paxley, and, of course, Katana Chance and Caden Carter. Your picks start to shine quite early mm. on, actually. Uh, Leon and Ferroz, a uh, load of dives. They hit this double-team sort of vertical suplex high cross that looked really nice. That got them a near fall. But Ivy Nile, who in flashes looked like an absolute monster in here, just comes in, gut punches one of them in <laughs> midair, and eliminates uh, Leon and Ferroz. Uh, Nile just hit this brutal thrust kick as well at one point. Um then Tatum Paxley comes in, and she's going up against Carter and Chance, and JC Jane's made a blind tag. Carter doesn't know that Jane's legal, of course, mm-hmm. um, and drops drops uh, one of them with, like, a Death Valley driver leg drop transition thing that looked really nice. Yeah. Uh, but Jane comes in, kicks Carter, and uh, steals the pin on uh, on Paxley to eliminate Ivy Nile and Tatum Paxley. Um and then that means there's just the four left. Dolene, Jane, Chance, Carter. And they just have this big brawl mm-hmm. in the middle of the ring uh, that the crowd loved. In the end, after a couple of attempts, Chance and Carter hit that double team finisher, which looks amazing every mm-hmm. time they do it on JCJ. Neckbreaker combined with a 450 splash. One, two, three. Your new women's tag team champions of NXT, Katana Chance and Kane Carter, who I think are baby faces again. Yeah, they thanked each and every one of us for our help in supporting them through these dark times later on in an interview segment. Mm. So, yeah, and certainly the way they were celebrating, it was supposed to be the dream come true, yeah. finally, the long-awaited odyssey. I think we talked about this yesterday. There's not many, if any, people like 
legitimate proper holdovers from the black and gold era at this point, and yet they are. They were fully fleshed. Maybe they, like, they've added some of the party stuff and the daft entrance, but as characters in the team, they were kind of fully fleshed out long before 2.0, and yet here we are. And the name change would be the only real yeah. leap. Former Casey Catanzaro. Yeah. This wasn't like an amazing match, but it was a very, very decent one. And I was quite impressed with the level of commitment made to the booking of it. There was no... Ultimately, regardless of... So, like, I thought... Um, I really like Ivy Nile, right? Here's an yes. example. So, I really like Ivy Nile, but she's rough around the edges. But, I like, I, I appreciate that. But there's a long way to go, I guess, for yeah, Ivy yeah. Nile. Um, similarly, I like Valentina and Faraz, but they weren't necessarily there to take a risk with them tonight. They were, you know, they're trying to make this division look bigger yeah. and more bolster than it is. So, there was a certain commitment to how realistically this should have played out. So, they're the... Like, they're the team we've seen the least of. They go out first, right? Ivy Nile is great, but trying to bring Tatum Paxley along. And Ivy Nile herself is kind of a, if you'll excuse the pun, a bit of a diamond in the rough. Yeah, yeah. So they go out next. Now we see, um, regardless of uh, your opinions on JC Jane and Gigi Dolan, and mine are not super high, the two-time tag team champions. So in the realms of kayfabe, they're super experienced in the high-pressure situation. Mm-hmm. There's an expectation that they're going to win. They came out looking at the belts as if that this was a foregone conclusion yep. that they were going to win them. And Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter have been together for absolutely ages. They've got all this experience. Any periods where it was like, oh, close but no cigar, should be in the past now, they too should feel like they can win this. So this was just quite committed to, if this makes sense, the kayfabe reality of the state of this division. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? So it wasn't, it followed form, it followed form. You know, like, you kind of, this was anything but a coupon buster. Yeah. This was wrestled at the exact level you would have expected with the exact order of eliminations. I was kind of like predicting a bit of a shock, I guess. Mm -hmm. And it just didn't happen. The order of eliminations, the way people wrestled, the way they were ultimately and cleanly pinned in a series of clean finishes was exactly as anybody would have played out with the maybe arguable exception of the babyfaces getting the win, which made for a nice moment in the building. And I suppose if you're a big fan of of these two, just really like... This was fu- this was functional, but I want to be a little bit more complimentary than to just say yeah. it's functional because I think it was like broadly quite satisfying as well. Like yeah. the, ni- the nice moment at the end was probably the icing on the cake. If you do all of this and then toxic attraction win, it's just like, oh, was this just another excuse to like give them another rating? Mm-hmm. A bit like when they flipped them to Dakota Kai and Raquel Rodriguez mm-hmm. at Stand and Deliver. Um, I don't know. This was it, it felt nice to give the baby faces yeah. the win after you've kind of committed to the rest of the booking. Uh, then we cut backstage with more tag team champions, Boris Johnson and uh, Sir Wanks a lot. There. <laughs> I can't remember which one's which, to be honest. Yeah. And uh, Mackenzie asked them, who's next? And uh, Boris Johnson, or Sir Wanks a lot, I think, I think it's the same person, mm-hmm. actually, says, uh, <laughs> next, I'm still waiting for my first. So that storyline is still continuing. That's yeah. good. Good to see LTST going on there. Um, you know, when he talks about the classic IC champions, I think he means intercourse. Because in his mind, like, everyone's a classic IC champion. The legacy of the... <laughs> uh, Briggs says they're ready for... Ready That's for a point, yeah. Somebody the other week on Twitter was like, uh, like huh. what culture, guys? Total virgins. Oh, and yeah. I, I saw that, and I was thinking, I wish, pal. Like, uh, <laughs> I'll have a bit more frigging disposable income, and I'll be slightly less tired every day. <laughs> so, uh, Briggs <laughs> says they're ready for anyone. Joe Gacy walks in, flanked by the Jays. What are they known collectively as a, as a group? Schism, sorry. Um, and he says... Uh, so, like, you know how in AEW, when you've got, like, Malachi and Buddy, and uh, the, my favourite, oh, I've forgotten the name of. Brody King. Out. Brody King, thank you very much. And, like, they've got different names, haven't they? Yes. So, there's Rick. Or the, uh, but depending on the combination, the oh king, yeah, they've got the, weird the kings of the black throne. Like as a threesome of these, because of the jism, they're the king of the white throne. If there are three, <laughs> but then the dads, if it's just the two of them in action, Dead. yeah. Uh, and uh, Gacy says to Jensen how great he is, and he's a second generation superstar. Kings of the white bone, nice. That's a cock, yeah. But sadly, <laughs> Cameron Grams can't say the same. Slags off Cameron Grimes' late father and James Drake. Or what's his new name? He's not Rip Fowler. He's the other one, isn't he? Mick Jagger. Mick Jagger, that's yep. it. Says to Fowler Henley, are you staring into my eyes? They're windows into my eyes. Oh. <laughs> uh, and uh, basically, uh, Gacy says, why don't I have a fight with you? Oh, to Jensen to set up a match later. 
Oh. Send a special message to Cameron Grimes. The little interjections from Rip Fowler and Jagger Reed in this. It's frigging... <laughs> They're you know, trying so hard, poor bastards. Oh, it's not on them. Yeah, it's absolutely not on them. There was a bit where I was watching Joe Gacy. It's when he sends his message to Cameron Grimes later. And all I was watching was Rip Fowler. Yeah. And I was like, he's given 100% to this. He but, should be doing... They should have been multiple-time NXT tag champs in my book. They should be, and I love Pretty Deadly, but they should be Pretty Deadly. The annoying Brits who just cut corners yep. and piss off the Yanks. And instead, they've got to wear stupid contact lenses and smirk as their leader sends the message. It's just the worst. And like, with... But I am looking forward to them indoctrinating Cameron Grimes. Yeah, all right. Like, with Rip Fowler specifically, it's particularly bad, because I think I've made this comparison before, but when they speak, it's like Joey Barton tweeting Smith's lyrics and thinking it's dead Oof. profound, right? But Because Joey Barton's got, like, a similar accent to the former Zach Gibson. I kind of hear it as well. <laughs> so I'd like, I'm now looking at Rip Fowler. I'm not even thinking of Robbie Fowler. I'm thinking of Joey Barton. <laughs> like just a, a series of worst case scenarios. in my book, yeah, by that. Maybe, actually, didn't he once like shoot a player with a BB gun in the eye or something? Or stab, stub the cigarette out in a teammate. Yeah, he's an like, arsehole. Maybe that's what happened to the uh, Rip Fowler's bad eye. <laughs> Joey Barton stubbed the tab out in it. Oh, he's the worst. Yeah, we're not glorifying that. From the worst Piece of garbage. to the best, Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams in the ring. Yeah. They're celebrating Carmelo Hayes' birthday. All the people have the best birthdays in August. So, Speaking of people that have the best birthdays in August, my mother, who apparently Trick Williams has probably shagged. Because we get all your mamas. <laughs> They've been stacking dollars, starting drama, and collecting baby mamas. <laughs> what a line. Uh, and they say, because it's Melo's birthday, and everyone knows Melo's a money play, he makes nothing but money moves. Tonight's move is an open challenge. Wow, another mm. title match, North American Championship on the line. What and was going to be on the show at this point? Well, to be fair, they could have said beforehand, we want a spot for Mello, and he, he's the A champ. He so you, you boot something for him? Yeah. So, But they didn't boot anything for him, so did they just think the summit was going to go longer? <laughs> Maybe. You're going to do what? <laughs> anyway. I uh, cut five minutes off that if that's what you want I'm to do. not going to slag this off because the match that we got and the preceding thing that happened, I loved. It's really funny. So this. Giovanni Vinci yeah. answers the, the, the challenge and I thought, ooh, I'm not sure about this. Mm-hmm. This is a little bit early to beat Vinci or for Carmelo Hayes to lose the title. And then they totally redeem themselves. <laughs> Vinci's doing that epic entrance of his where he's posing. It's got the Veni Vinci thing. And one of the shots, do you know what? I'm going to say it. Well done to WWE's production team. Yeah. Because it freezes on him doing one of his poses. And you see little... Nathan Fraser. Smiling. The biggest smile. Hey, it's me. Hey, I'm getting to the ring. Because they said whoever gets to the ring first, Mm -hmm. not whoever answers him, Whoever gets the ring first gets the title match. So Giovanni Vinci's doing his poses. Nathan, Nathan Fraser goes, I sense an opportunity. Step in time, Giovanni Vinci. Scoots past him, dives into the ring. He gets the title match. Ding, ding, ding. Brilliant. Like, really inspired. And then they didn't just have Vinci look like a twat and walk back. He was like, I'll go and sit with Wade Barrett then. Let's see how this goes. Yeah. When, we've said this before, right? And AW benefited off this for the longest time. When you are creative and apply thought and care, more thought and care and creativity sprawls forth. Yes. Right? The Giovanni Vinci character, you see the vignettes and you think, nah, it's a little bit one-dimensional. He can go, but it's a little bit one-dimensional. And then you see it play out and immediately the entrance is this thing that takes your breath away. It's like, that's super creative. That's super cool, right? Wade gets involved with it. Yeah. What do you immediately then do? You sit together and you think about what more you can do. That We do it on the podcast. Yeah, it yeah, inspires yeah. you to be creative and think about things. A guy poses for photos it stands to reason that eventually he's going to get photo-bombed, right? That is so, so cool, a use of this strange, weird, cool gimmick, right? That now, you know, that, like, keeps seeing the adverts for these Google phones. I want to see Giovanni Vinci purchase one just so he can remove Nathan Frazier from his pictures. <laughs> like, you can, like, remove these arseholes that get in your way of picture. It's, I, I love this. I absolutely love this. And the fact that you get... The bit, a, the bit the other week where someone said, can I have a photo? And he just took a photo of himself. Genius. And, right, there are levels to this. LTST, when Nathan Frazier... Wins the world title in a few years' time. It's going to be, well, do you know what got him to this level? It was understanding, as we always say, the rules to this insane universe are there are no rules, right? It makes, in WWE logic, it makes more sense to stand by the curtain with your gear on just in case Mm -hmm. than it does to, like, think, well, I'll go and see if my name's on the board. Oh, nothing. Right, okay, I'll probably just go back to the gym and work out then. Nah. 
get in your gear and stand by the tunnel because you know you just don't know when your name's going to be called. It's stupid here. <laughs> You've yeah. got to learn. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, got to learn how to roll with the stupid Play the game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Vinci's on commentary. Nathan Fraser versus Carmelo Hayes is brilliant, and you kind of got the best of both worlds. You got a result. Mm-hmm. You got shenanigans, but you got a result. And you also saw a glimpse of what these two, if you gave them 20 minutes on a takeover, it's not yep. going to happen a takeover, but you know what I mean? Like, that Nathan Fraser can do. Carmelo Hayes is mint. I've, we said that from day one. Can we, Fra- do, can we do, like, sort of regionalized um, content with Nathan Fraser? Where it's like, uh, he's, uh, he's looking more red than usual. He's been uh, over in England in their own heat wave. And that's how <laughs> he's probably he's done warm weather training by yeah. coming home. <laughs> So he, uh, at one point he crotched Hayes against the post. There's lots of flippy stuff in there, which is very <laughs> good from both of them. Um, Hayes managed to hit that fade away where someone's hung in the ropes to take mm. over. Springboard spinning clothesline for two, which oh. was nice. Fraser fights back. Uh, uh, tries to go for the Phoenix splash, but Fraser fights back with the super kick. And the low super kick gets him a two count. Trick Williams thinks, oh, bloody hell, I might have to dive in here and save, save Mello. And then Fraser, with that great tope suicida of his, flies through the ropes into Carmelo Hayes, but that knocks him into the desk. That knocks a drink over Vinci. He's livid. He gets taken down, does Carmelo Hayes, when he's back in the ring. Fraser's going up top to try and do something. Trick Williams takes the referee, and Vinci gets involved. Shove Fraser off the top rope for spilling this beverage over his glistening body. Uh, and <laughs> I mean, it only made it glisten more, didn't indeed. it? And as he's struggling to get up, he's in the perfect position for that beautiful top rope guillotine leg drop from Carmelo Hayes. One, two, three. Carmelo Hayes retains. And yes, please, to all of this. Yeah, hard agree on the yes, please. It was, this match gave you plenty without ever feeling like it was giving it all up. You know, you want to see these two yeah. go again. As you've pointed out, there's a title match down the road where the title potentially changes hands or it's a proper feud. It's not just... He literally ran in and got the match there yeah. and then. Um, Mello, there is a psychological soundness to this in that Mello came out knowing that he was going to offer the open challenge, so it was theoretically more mentally prepared than somebody that was just going to take mm-hmm. it all of a sudden. So it stands to reason that he would win. You, you're a mug if you lay the open challenge out as a spontaneous thing and you lose. You are. So he wasn't put in that position by the book in here. Uh, all right, so like in terms of the match, there's more to see, and I was pleased they held some stuff back, oddly enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was bigger picture-wise... This was another vision, and I was complaining about this for quite a while, so I've been pleased to see it getting addressed. I feel like I'm seeing a far more dynamic NXT mid-card than I was a few months yes. ago. And I'm not digging out your boy Cameron Grimes, but he didn't feel like he was a top and a cross one that had a lot going for it. Instantly here, you see three guys where you're like, well, I want to see plenty of this, and like, who else are you going to bring in from the fringes? More stuff with Sokoa later. Yeah, That's yeah, it, yeah. like, he's another guy that wins. He's, you know, he's going to go back to saying that he's got next, and you just get a feeling that they're like... This is the thing, it's taken, NXT 2.0 is not even a year old yet, and a, f- a couple of months ago, people were starting to accept, like, kind of what we've been saying all along, is like, you know, this show is actually serving a purpose all of a sudden. Yeah. And it, just, it does sort of feel like it's got an identity now, and it's got a roster that belongs to it, yeah. and I'm liking watching these tiers properly develop now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's say what we came next. It was the Summit, the Heatwave Summit. Ugh. I mean, I asked for a laceration yesterday, didn't I? So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. maybe this is Wade on Barrett me. was great. Wade Barrett's always yeah, great. Pretty good. He hosts it. Uh, the big tables there. It's. It, I mean, it's just not a summer. It's a. It's a contract signing. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, there's Bron Breaker. There's JD McDonough. Um It was summer and nothing. Isn't that? McDonough talks about how he's not impressed by Breaker's physique because it's just a roadmap of things he can hurt. He's doing the American Psycho thing basically. Yeah. Um, and Breaker says, I've studied your history. I know how smart you are. He puts over some of the other guys that he's faced, but he says, you know, arguably JD McDonald's the smartest yet. You're going to challenge my mind, but everyone's got a plan until I break you in half, which was a nice mm-hmm. line. Um, Barrett says, right, okay, let's do the contract signing gimmick then. Gives it to JD McDonald, but JD says, no, no, no. Look, I think, uh, I think Ron Breaker's scared. I think he should sign it first. And so he doesn't, doesn't, does exactly that. He's not, really selling any fear or anything like that, hands it back to McDonough and says, you know what? For once, this is going to be a contract signing that doesn't end in violence, but it will end in blood. And he stabs himself in the finger and he signs it with his own blood and then tosses the the contract, holds out his hand to uh, Brombreaker, who just looks at it and raises the title. It's a little disturbed. Uh, Like... If you haven't seen this, and 
there's a good chance that plenty of people listen to this podcast don't actually watch the show. You might be thinking to yourself, I, I cut his own finger to sign a contract in blood. That's like canny dramatic. We've seen contracts signed in blood before or people getting beaten down to create the blood for the moment and looks cool on the piece of paper. Lesnar Taker. Lesnar Taker did it. Vincent Austin did it. Kenny Omega and Hangman Page kind of did it. Yeah. He bludgeoned him before signing the contract, didn't he? With the camera member. It, this is nothing like any of those. Uh, <laughs> I, I kind of recommend you watch it, but only because if you want a luxuriate in like JD McDonough's individually awful performance, like it's so badly acted. Um, the dialogue is as awful as you've just described. Uh, it doesn't, like it feels less heated than it did three weeks ago when he was putting him through a table. Yeah. Like, at the very, very least, he's kind of jumped him unexpectedly and Breaker couldn't have accounted for his arrival. Like McDonough was even smart enough to say, I'm not, I'll am not. i be here next week. And then he arrived a week early. Yeah, it was really good, that. You know, there's something to that. It's, it's only gotten worse, this program. And this segment for me was the verbal equivalent. This was a verbal representation of the main problem with Bron Breaker. Bron Breaker's line, what was it where he said, like, and I know you got a plan. Everyone's, Everyone's got a plan until I break you in half, yeah. right? That should be Bron Breaker's only ever line ever. <laughs> yeah. And the matches should reflect that. Everyone's got a plan until I break you in half. I'm going to work your injured shoulder. I'm going to go for your leg. I'm going to try and tie you out. Well, tough f***ing <laughs> because I absolutely <laughs> cut three people with my spear, and I'm going to do it. Like, And that's all I yeah. need to do. That should be the Bron Breaker match formula. That should be the Bron Breaker promo formula. But we are trapped in both matches and promos in, like, no, brother, WWE superstar is what you are. Yeah. And it does him no favors ever. Like, ever. All the cool Braun Breaker stuff, some moments we remember in like photography, flashbulb, spears. You're like, wow. Like, you just, that's what you want to think about when you think of Braun Breaker. And instead, it's constantly this. Mm. Yeah, some people don't all have to be the quickie cutter. No. Hopefully, that's something that changes going forward. You know, like, I, we watch AW with a higher standard. Sometimes, like, not, it doesn't go on to this extent. It never feels anywhere near as like labored and fake. But, like, you know when Wardlow's doing, like, and here you guys in Wardlow's world, it's like, powerbomb a guy eight times. Yeah, yeah, Is it yeah. that much to ask? You know, and, and that's, like, that's I'm not making that comparison. I'm just saying even then, it's like, I'm so hyped for the cool things you do. I don't need the set dressing. No, exactly. Bron Breaker needs, like, none of it. And yet they insist on making him, like, he's trying out for, like, sort of some West End show yeah. or something. Come out, chainsaw, kick an X on and off. Yep. Spear, Spear a guy. Get the fuck out of there. Uh, right, the Creed brothers are warming up backstage. This was the moment. This mm -hmm. was the moment where I thought, oh, oh my God, it might actually happen. <laughs> Apollo Crews comes in and says, I'd love to, you know, come and train with you one day, but best luck for your match tonight. Uh, where's Roddy? <laughs> Basically, in comes Damon Kemp and says, oh, he's running late, but don't worry, he will be there for the title match. And I thought, he's going to come in late and cost him. Mm -hmm. This is happening. I did, happening. I did too. I, w I wasn't ready for your jelly, as it were, for oh. the, uh, that potential title change. Uh, and then there's just Toxic Attraction shouting backstage. Yeah. I didn't write anything down for this. Just went, they're shouting, and then Mandy Rose has a match. Yeah. They were just furious, obviously. Yeah, with yeah, very angry. Um, the match actually started during the during the commercial break, which was a bit of a shame, because I love Saray. Uh, not the schoolgirl gimmick, but... Which, you know, could be dying on the vine, I guess. Like, now that Triple H is back, and Hopefully, she was just trying to hide that. Yeah, like, she was just... That was it, like... That might have been a tactical choice to just see the match. I mean, fair enough, she was kind of like beating like a drum here anyway, but mm -hmm. maybe that will gradually disappear. Yeah, um, Saray got some offense in, springboard wrist drag. Fisherman suplex got her a two count, but in the end, Rose just sort of popped up and hit her with that jumping knee strike. Mm -hmm. One, two, three. It was all about the post-match, really, because yeah. she grabbed a chair, attacked her with it, and then went to sort of pilmanize her knee, leg, you know, like what happened with Stark, the ACL meniscus stuff. But Stark runs down to make the save, and Rose gets out of there. It's kind of what we said, wasn't it? Yeah. Like Mandy Rose has got to show what she's capable of doing at somebody's knee, not least when it's still recovering from a big injury. I love Stark. Um, I don't mind how thick it is, because sometimes I'm pretty goddamn thick. I love Stark, even like in her clothes and a day-to-day, -day walking around with a giant Steve Austin knee brace. Uh. Like, I don't mind the, vi the visual signifier of, like, there's the target. There it is. You didn't need J.D. McDonough with his marker pen to show you. There it is. <laughs> like, I'm looking forward to this match. Like, I, th I think they've established a hard-to-call title match here. Yes. Genuinely. Like, Mandy Rose, because of Toxic Attraction leads in the tag belts, feels like her reign is starting to end up on borrowed time. And we're down to... Is it Mandy, uh, Rose, and Roman Reigns? Was there not a third person? FTR? Was it FTI? FTR losing the belts, yeah. So, I, it's like, I still can't call it. Like, no. you got Roman and Drew at Clash at the Castle. Like, Mandy Rose could get past Heatwave, and then she's going to do it. <sighs> She the one. <laughs> <laughs> 
When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Right, time for the uh, highlight of the show, and that's the Tiffany Stratton vignette. Um, she's back to being a spoiled gymnast, basically. Kind of, you know. But, again, I think, I I could be, like, dying on the thickest hill. I swear this is still continuing a slow burn babyface turn. Maybe. I thought it in the Battle Royal. I thought it with the Wendy Chu thing, because Wendy Chu's, like, irritating us out now. Like, she's far more annoying than Tiffany Stratton. Yeah. Like, this one, so that... It was a lot of gymnastics, like a lot. And she was in the leotard. Great, as a, yeah, obviously. she's fantastic at it, right? She's an athlete. She was great at it. Like, she's in the leotard. She's in the full gimmick. Like, it's not, like, she's not doing the gymnastics as the daddy's girl, is she? She's, like, it's the hair, like, tied right mm, back. She's ready, serious. ready for the athletic side of things, right? I'm this superstar athlete at this thing. And by the way, I'm also a really good wrestler. And then just at the very end, like, and that's why people want to take all the things I've got. And then what's like the daft line at the end? I wouldn't dare do it in your voice. I'm assuming you wrote this down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and the line at the end, which I will, I'll promise I will let you get to, is very much a kind of, I'm going to go do this thing that you know me as Tiffany Stratton for, but don't fucking sleep. Yeah. Literally, literally Wendy Chu. Don't sleep on the last <laughs> 30 seconds of the footage you've just seen. Yeah. I, like, I don't know. I feel like it's this attempt to bring in more of the thing they probably shouldn't have neglected in the first place. <laughs> this next in line program cannot be like, uh, yeah, we're uh, really excited to unveil the next in line class. We've got this pro footballer, this pro baseball player, this pro gymnast, blah, blah, blah. And she's a chef. And he's a tax man. <laughs> and she's a bin man. And but like, it's like, no, you've just told us that they're kind of elite tier athletes yeah. from another field. Why? It's like Lash Legend. Yeah. Why we just made her a talk show host? How did we end up there before we got back to here? Yeah. Yeah. What sets me apart from the pack <laughs> is my focus and attention. When you're a once-in-a-lifetime athlete, you have no time for to complete losers like Wendy Cho. I'm like, yeah, get it? Yeah. It's not my fault I was born a gifted and superior athlete. I know I'm great. <laughs> I work at it every day, not just when I'm rested, happy, or excited. I guess that's why everyone in NXT is obsessed with Ma. <laughs> she said me like Sasha Banks. Ma. 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 Music. I couldn't stand losing that battle royal. Tiffany Stratton and the word loser do not belong in the same sentence. I don't understand how other women in that locker room were okay with getting eliminated and losing. Hey, maybe if I leave... <laughs> Maybe if I lived a miserable existence, I'd be okay with it too. <laughs> but I don't. Wendy Chu says the next time she sees me, it won't be such a pretty picture. <laughs> Whatever. Everything I do is pretty. And she finishes her gymnastics routine. Mm -hmm. and she goes, now, shopping time. Toodles! Right, so like now shopping time, I accept, is them absolutely clinging on to the original version of the character. But in the original Dada vignettes, was there any 
any level of commitment to what did she talk about there? Working hard and not accepting failure. Mm. Those were the like the, those were the standout messages. Like I'm angry that I lost a battle royal. Good, you're in wrestling. This is supposed to be real. Like that would have got you a title shot. Yeah. That's supposed to matter. I worked every day to be the best at this. Oh, I hate that. If there's, <laughs> if there's one thing I hate, it's people that commit every single day to being the best at something. I'm livid at her successes in a field. And then at the end, it's like I'm going to jab it like there. <laughs> They've got to, like, you can't yeah. just do this like hard cut, a point. but I honestly feel like this is a, a conscious effort to do Like Wendy Chu is like, I'm going to sleep. <laughs> I'm absolutely sick of you waking me up. Like That's charming for a bit until it's not, when somebody is just trying to be the best in their field. <laughs> um, right, then we got an interview with Axiom, mm. uh, who's a kid. Um, <laughs> interviews are so funny, like, uh, Axiom, you really made an impression. Yeah, thank you very much. It's, it's really great to be here. Like, he's got his, he shouldn't speak. He's got this mask on where he can't see anything of him. And it's like, when I'm uh, when I'm out there in front of the fans, I like nothing more than moving in a way that is physically impossible. And you kind of be like just real speaking guy. Jew <laughs> Goodson rocks up, and he's like, it's either you, basically. <laughs> and he literally, I did like the bit, he's just basically like, you're a nerd, and then hit him as hard as he could in the face. He then brawls with him around the backstage area. They fight. They fight down to the ring. And Hudson just... It'd been really funny if in the backstage they added the trickery. So, like, actually moved a bit. And Jake's like, what bloody hell gone? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then they uh, have Hudson wreck him in the ring, basically. Beats him down. Leaves him laying. Grabs a mic as he leaves and says, that's why you don't believe in your heroes. They always bloody let you down. And Axiom gets up and says, no, no, no. Let's have it out right now, basically. Uh, David versus Goliath match. Again, Hudson gets back in and starts dominating him. Goes for this razor's edge, basically. Uh, but Axiom counters that into Hurricane Rana. And then Axiom turned a tilt whirl into a victory roll. One, two, three. Axiom stuns Duke Hudson, who did a very good shocked face afterwards. He did. I didn't think of much of any of this, but it's sort of linked to the Tiffany Stratton thing. Are we witnessing a conscious scaling back of a lot of the things that we used to make a lot of jokes about. Mm-hmm. If you think of Cora Jade, like the skateboarding stuff, it could work technically as a heel, but it was like replaced by the like the pretty cool looking black kendo stick thing, right? So maybe the skateboard's gone forever. Um, symbolically, I guess getting broken over um, uh, Roxanne Perez. Well, it broke first. But... Yeah, the Tiffany Stratton character, she's mega gymnast, even if she likes to shop. So what if she likes to shop? She's a mega gymnast too. What's wrong with shopping? You know, like mm. that's going to be the question. There wasn't a lot of maths and uh, invisible superhero work from Axiom, it was that He's kind of involved in a backstage brawl and like got a banana skin win. Duke Hudson, like, wasn't fresh out of a game of poker, it was he? What even is Duke Hudson at this point? I don't even know, like, what's his, what's his absurd gimmick? Nothing. He can't even really just have Aussie. No, like there's other Australians. Australian, yeah. Has he got any, like, absurd added feature at this point? I don't think he does, right? There feels like a conscious effort starts scaling some of these over-the-top gimmicks back in an attempt to find the wrestlers underneath the personas. Mm. I didn't think a great deal of that shit. It was something nothing. It was, mm. We all knew which way it was going. But something nothing's a bit of a problem when you've got a character like Axiom. You should be going weeks and weeks and weeks where he's, like, dazzling. Do we do with Sin Yeah. To a certain extent. All right. Give Axiom a trampoline. Oh. Like, there was no maths talk from Axiom, was there? No. That's gone. That has gone. It went maths, uh, mm. superhero, yeah. uh, maths. It's like, you know, like, obviously, we both quite liked Zylee's lightning fingers. But then when they got bored of it, and then there was that week where, like, everybody was, like, locked, but it was getting wacky. Yeah. And she just, like, stood backstage. And you think, use your lightning fingers. <laughs> yeah. This would solve so many problems. Uh, Wesley gets an interview backstage. Uh, he's pissed off with Trick Williams, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, seeing how he's trying to mimic Muhammad Ali with his, his gear, which did look great. Uh, and uh, and obviously the way he did the whole Ali Frazier pose over him last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he said, look, Ali inspired millions, but Trick annoys millions. Still not quite fixing that writing issue just yet, Trips. No. Um, but he says next week they're going to have a good old-fashioned rounds match. It's Trick's move. Ding, ding. Yeah. Um, There's two things I thought about here. The Sidgwick said this a lot about AEW. You know, and it's like, like it cannot, unless you're a, like a, the extreme bad faith actor, it cannot not be for you because they've done every single kind of thing. Yeah. Except, and then he always mentions, except the British rounds match. Like, <laughs> I wish 2.0 just come up with a trios match instead of this. Yeah. <laughs> like, I wish if they were going to nick something, it's like, we'll have the trios belts. We can't get around to it. We'll take them. Thanks very much. <laughs> but instead, they've like, they picked the rounds match instead. Um, But, so like, start with a negative. 
But the positive from this, I think, is that Wesley is obviously pretty great, but they're trying very hard to get Trick Williams over when Trick Williams could do with the reps. This is a, probably a safer environment to hide some of his failings. Trick mm. can stay as cool as he is on the microphone in the context of a match because they're going to do every bells and whistles delay installing thing. He's going to like, he's going to probably lob his stool at him if there's like when they break for half time. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like. Like Wesley, he's gonna like punch his gum shield out, and Trick's gonna go whoa, 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 or something like that. There's gonna be all sorts of stuff like exactly. that. Exactly. And I think Trick Williams is perfect for that environment. Sometimes more so than a long match. Yeah. So I th- I'm excited I, for it. I, th- I think it'll play quite well on the night. <sighs> right, I can put it off no longer. It's time for the NXT Men's Tag Team Title Match now. Mm-hmm. Three brothers defending against Donny D and Stacks. Mm-hmm. So. <sighs> Tony D was uh, dressed to win big, was he not? Oh, Beautiful white, white and with a golden, golden trim. Did you see the Italian flag? I saw on the uh, little nice touch. Oh, my God. Didn't go to plan, though. because Did not go to plan. Can red. So, back and forth stuff early on. Goes through a commercial break. Uh, after the break, Brutus comes in, starts, starts going on a tear. Sticks <laughs> takes an absolute beating from him, but he eventually manages to cut him off. Uh, it slams his hand into the ring steps, and then they've got an area to target. That's the sort of story. Eventually, Brutus finally gets to his corner, brings in Julius, who I think could be a real star, you know. Mm. Really like Julius Creed. House of Fire, he runs wild. D'Angelo fights back, uh, double down. Julius tries to tag out, but Stex yanks Brutus off the apron so he can't get to him. Brutus chases Stax into the ring, and Stax goes flying <laughs> off of pounce, basically. In the midst of all this, D'Angelo and Julius, as I said, are both down. And Electra Lopez, who's been doing so good at the so Ducks. So good down at Ducks. She slides in a crowbar. Now. She sees the boats coming in. She sees them going back out again. She's sitting on the dock of a bay. D'Angelo, Tony D, goes to use the crowbar. But who's on the other end of it? Then a returning Santos Escobar. <sighs> He holds the crowbar, he pulls Tony in closer, and he clobbers him with the brass knucks. D'Angelo turns around, Julius hits him with that finisher of his that concludes with the sliding lariat. One, two, three. The Cree brothers retain the tag team titles. The family is presumably no more. Tony D's laid out, Stax is laid out, and Legado walk out together. And I was just devastated by all this. <laughs> Quite enjoyable match. Yeah, actually, it was the booking was kind of as we'd predicted, pretty much to the letter, um, and the right thing to do as well. Like this was the time to do the payoff. You know, they've done everything they could do with trying to convince convince Tony D that everything was cool. Uh, I like that this match did not resort to a needlessly long heat sequence on the creeds by two heels that shouldn't really have that anyway. Yeah, they're mafioso heels, like they should <laughs> stick and move and all that sort of stuff. Stacks bumped fantastically well yeah. for the Creed's offense. Like, that's often the making of a Creed match is how well the opposition can bump for it. Tony, not so much, but then he wasn't required to do that. Like, he was supp- he was kind of supposed to be the guy letting Stax take the lumps to be able to come yeah. in and, like, get control back. So I just thought this was agented really, really well. A good night for the Creed's in terms of looking like the... Um, like the, the bosses of this division. Mm. They no longer feel like the young team that have won the belts and, like, what, what can they do? It's... They're quickly growing into the role in a way where the, they feel like stewards of yeah. this NXT 2.0 tag division. I think, um, well, I think, you know, like Julius does stand out, but I think both of them, like, I would like to see. I think we have a bit of a street profit situation on our hands here. <laughs> I think they're both going to get the call up. Everyone's going to love them. Julius is going to be this obvious standout, but then you're kind of going to be like, well, hold on just there. Because you can't, it's like with Angelo Dawkins. You can't just rule the other guy out just because it's the other guy. And if we're going to talk about the Triple H era, Who's to say that WWE has to be the way it's always yeah. been and that somebody has to be the quote-unquote Genetti anymore? And I love... got that cannonball that I love. Cannonball! Um, this was this was fun, and it fo- like it followed the exact logical progression needed to for the story. I know. I know you've been mad about it for a whole day. It really grinds my gears that someone would use a weapon to win a match. Disgusting. You would not catch the family doing that. He brought... He invited them into the family. Your home is my home. I mean, the other way around. <laughs> yeah. Ungrateful little bastard. More name <laughs> a little bit. I uh, got a nice little uh, sort of vignette about Rox, Roxanne Perez next. Yeah. 
and she's quite rightly furious mm. with everything uh, and sort of torn up about what's gone on with her and Cora Jade. She's gone through every emotion, shocked considering how close they were. They talk about their history on the Indies and then, you know, her coming in to, to, to NXT and Cora Jade already being there and um, they were unstoppable and then she used her contract because Toxic Attraction had been a thorn in, in both of their sides, but mainly Cora's. She just didn't see the attack coming. It hurt her for many different reasons. She never wants to be associated with Cora again. Um, then there was the, the denial phase of it all, mm -hmm. where she thought maybe something went wrong, or you know maybe she doesn't mean it, or whatever. And then the, the final straw was sort of her Cora Jade, that is throwing the NXT. Women's Championship in that trash. And they're going to settle it once and for all at Heat Wave. Okay, bitch, we know the truth. I like this. And then we got a response from from Cora Jade and said, she said, don't listen to that sob story. You know, she's she's on the level of Bailey. She's on the level of Roman Reigns. She's the talk of WWE, and she's done with that bloody charity case. Mandy Rose walks in and says, look, I think what you did previously you should do to, to Zoe Stark because you're facing her next week. And Cora's like, nah. And she's like, well, this is genuinely quite a smart booking. Mm -hmm. Well, if you take Zoe Stark out, then I suppose the person who'd face me at Heatwave would be the person who was runner-up in that battle royal, <laughs> which would be you. Cora says, I'll give it a little thought. Little girl. And taps the belt with that kendo stick of hers. I thought all of this that you just described... Mega effective. Yeah. Really legitimately great, right? Uh, Roxanne Perez, I'm glad she went to the trouble of kicking Kyle O'Reilly $50 to knock together a video <laughs> package for her because I thought it helped. Like, she could have just cut the promo, but the pictures were cool. Yeah. Like, the visual aid of the turn, like, is very, very WWE of, like, how can we say this happened two weeks ago, but, like, in a way that doesn't patronize the audience have a look at it again. Yeah. Like, but it folded into the, uh, like this photo book and the fact they'd been together on the indies and all this sort of stuff, fleshing out the idea that she wanted so much to come to NXT to help Cora Jade because Cora Jade has had problems from the off with toxic yeah. attraction. It didn't necessarily play out exactly like that on screen, but this whole mindset now that Roxanne Perez has seen these injustices going on with her friend and wants to get there as quick as possible to help her, only to then like get to the summit in NXT and win the tag belts with her. So not only has she come and made the save and she's rescued Cora Jade from these bullies, they've taken the belts off them together. Like, what a sort of, like, yes, she's won the breakout tournament, but what a cool thing. What a cool, unexpected, like, byproduct was winning the breakout tournament. Mm -hmm. What she really came for was Cora Jade and they've taken the belts off the bullies, the baddies, all this sort of stuff. All of that is, like, such babyface fire and such a cool babyface mm -hmm. trait to just be so nice. And then still to put over the disrespecting of the belts as something that matters just as much to her. That puts over the belts. That puts over the importance of these women's mm -hmm. tag title. Like, nobody's ever going to listen to this call for a bit of sanity. Everybody from two weeks ago on Twitter, yeah. apologize, apologize for your crap, crass belt in the bins comparison. Huh. WWE and uh, women and tag team wrestling. Huh. No, it was an angle then. We told you it was an angle then. It was a bloody good angle then. And it's been paid off now. Like... To put over the belts and, like, the disrespect that was shown at the tag belt, like, more than the disrespect was shown to her when she turned on her in a singles title match was throwing the belt in the bin. Yeah, I could have like, accepted you betraying me. But yeah, that's, yeah, but that's that's a step too far. Like, I really appreciate that yeah. detail. And then for Cora Jade, rather than be a sniveling WWE heel to an authority figure or to a champion, like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll do whatever you want. She'd be like... Uh, no, don't patronise me, Mandy Rose. Don't condescend me. I'm not the little kid that you were knocking around six weeks ago. Yeah. I'm my own person. Like, I would help you. I'm a dickhead too now. Like, <laughs> see how you like it? Like, I thought this was excellent. And like, I really, really... And Mandy Rose came prepared with, all right, if she doesn't accept it immediately, I'll tell her that she can have yeah. a title shot. Like, don't, don't think I'm coming unarmed here. Like, there's something for you out of this as well. Like, the honour among thieves sort of vibe. I desperately, desperately hope that Cora Jade and Roxanne Perez have the match that the storyline, like, deserves at Heatwave. You should do. It's like, really well built. Yeah. Like, I, I really, really hope that it, like, goes well. I don't want it to be one of them things where, like, ah. Yeah. Like, if only like, if I only think they, they will. If only they could have stuck the landing. Like, they're mates. They've got all this sort of, like, legit chemistry. Like, Roxanne Perez hasn't really had a bad match in NXT 2.0 yet. It's going to be a huge coming out party for the Cora Jade heel character. 
Like, I, they've got me rooting for them for this to go as well as it possibly can. I thought this was tremendous. Uh, this is when we got the uh, the new women's tag champs. Same thing, Katana saying they've been through hell and back, cheated, slighted, but they finally done it. Caden says Katana's her rock, uh, and they kept at it, which makes this moment moment so much sweeter. And the fans never gave up on them, says Katana. And this is where the titles will stay. Lovely little moment there. And nice, this. I'd like. I hope they throw a big party because um, Katana chance has no problem doing it when none of us room loud out in house. So, <laughs> Casey versus Brooks Jensen. Uh, with uh, a ringside, which mainly was the factor in this match. They went after uh, uh, Fallon Henley. That distracted uh, Josh Briggs, or distracted both of them, actually. Brooks Jensen, who was in the match, and Josh Briggs. But all of this takes the referee as well, and in comes Pretty Deadly. Jensen managed to fight them off, but that also distracted him so much that Gacy can hit that nice handspring lariat that he does. One, two, three. Joe Gacy defeats Brooks Jensen, and then breaks the fourth wall, stares down the camera lens, uh, and basically invites Cameron Grimes, Cameron Grimes to join his cult. Um, and we see backstage, everyone's watching it backstage, and this guy goes, hey, Cameron, I think they're talking about you. <laughs> like, yeah, obviously. He's literally said, Cameron, please come and join my cult. And uh, he looks conflicted. Said him by name. <laughs> I didn't like any of this, and I don't know where to start and what I didn't like. Let's go with Jensen's gear. Because he looks like crap out there, like in those cutoffs and his cowboy boots. I just I thought he looked rubbish. <laughs> um, why magical mind control stuff does not work, right? And I know people like it, so that's that's why it works. Is because you can monetize it to people that enjoy it. So I'm not stupid, right? But why it doesn't work fundamentally, fundamentally, mm-hmm. does not work in pro wrestling because it's like we will control your mind with our dyadistic instincts. Right? No. You'll do whatever he does and take the ref. And then, like, grab a leg. Yeah. And, like, uh, you need to understand the ways of the dyad. Explain to me the ways of the dyad. Are you pulling someone's foot when they run the ropes? I mean, I could do that. And I don't need to join a cult and get the white. Because you and Richard used to do that. Yep. I don't need my eyes. I don't need my pupils to be turned white for that. It's just, like, no matter what the magic powers are, like, ultimately, the fiend will grab a headlock. Like, that, that will always, yeah. always happen. The fiend will grab a headlock. Like, The Undertaker in 1991... Does not wrestle like a wrestler. His matches are kind of a slog as a result, but fair play because that is commitment to the character. He's not like when he, he's not grabbing a chin lock, he's putting on that like death grip on the back of that. on the back of Hogan's neck, and you are falling asleep watching it, but at least it's in character. He's just trying to very slowly put his man into the ground so he can bury them. You know, that's like the fiend grabs a headlock. Friggin' dyads distract from the floor. It, it, it's bollocks, man. Yeah. It's absolute bollocks. This is wrestling. And, like, I will believe in everything that is fake. That it, I, I will buy it as real if they present it as real. But you cannot do the, uh, come to us, we are the dead. What are you going to do? We've got a really good suplex. <laughs> <Right there. laughs> you and I aren't here next week. No. I'm fascinated. I hate to hear what Sid and Andy make of this when Dad's not here to, to take care of it. <laughs> but also... What's going to happen in a week? We're going to miss a week and come back. Oh. I really hope Cameron Grimes is already in the schism. He's got like he's got two new eyes. Oh my god! I can't wait for your Cameron Grimes. Like the, <laughs> the big wind up for whatever the uh, the schism Cameron Grimes is. Another reason I'm gutted about not being here next week is what came next. Tony D is furious. He's in the Ooh. locker room. He's on the phone. Stax is there. He's not too happy either. He says, "Aha." Uh-huh. Yeah. Where were you? Huh? That's not what we talked about. Thanks for nothing. Don't know who's on the phone to. Mm. But uh, he says... Was it Cole Carter? <laughs> maybe. Maybe, just maybe. If it wasn't for that prick Santos, <laughs> I'd be... I'd love the word where he said prick. Prick. I'd be North American champ, tag team champ. We'd be strapped. And then Stack's got a line. And I was like, ah. Oh. Yeah, that's right, boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, what I've written verbatim, I don't know why I said that, I've written verbatim what he said. And they're all in on it, boys. Even Electra. <laughs> After all we've done for them, huh, boys? Ungrateful street trash. What are we going to do now? There's four of them and two of us. <laughs> Tony. <laughs> <laughs> you want to explain what's just happened? <laughs> 
Adam Wilborn, in attempting to play two characters, if you've ever seen those Twitter comedians where like they cut between themselves talking to yeah, themselves yeah. and ever slightly change their voice or their inflection or whatever to make ever it Ever so slightly. Wilborn is moving from the left side of the microphone <laughs> to the right side of the microphone. But in an attempt to pres- like to sort of preserve the integrity of the characters he portrays, tried to uh, put his hand out as... Tony D, and I could Tony see his D. brain being like, uh, who, the, who, who the f*** is Tony D? How <laughs> do I say this line? And who the f*** is Dex? I, I, I watched the cogs turning and not be able to quite I work just, out which inflection you were going to put on. I, inflection. He nearly, very nearly went, it's like, Tony D. I'm Tony D. Because it's Tony D, so he's a bit more relaxed. He says, listen, they're sheep. They always have been, they always will be. Uh, the phone rings and it's that dirty rat Santos mm. asking how his jaw is. Son of a bitch. <laughs> and he says, uh, yeah, that's real cute, Mr. Comedian. That's two titles you've cast me. Where the hell are you? And Santos says, well, he doesn't actually say where he is. He says, well, after you put me in the hospital uh, and did all that to me, I suppose now we're almost even. Almost. He says, almost. Santos, the next time I see you, you are done. You're done. <laughs> Dax actually said that. He got yeah. a lie. Santos explains, look, we both know now. We can't work for each other. We can't work together. Tony says, you think? Genius! Huh? Listen to me. One last meet. This has to end. No more stacks. No more wacky. No more crews. No Electra. Just me and you. One final accord. <laughs> Santos asks where. He says, I don't you worry, you son of a bitch. You dirty motherfucking rat. <laughs> Sorry, I've got to be carried away there. He says, I got the perfect place. A place I'm going to see you coming from a mile away. He slams the phone down. Go on, Stacks. Let's get out of here. Okay, boys. Where we going? <laughs> Oscar worthy. My performance and that performance. Well, I was going to say, uh, I think I've seen somebody trying to be at the, uh, the academy just there. I'm so annoyed <laughs> we're not going to be there for the final accord. The final accord. Just like we always said, <laughs> the final card. Do you know what I want to know about? I want to know about the law of the docks, right? Electra's been doing such a good job in that office. Like, uh, old Joe was just two days away from retirement, and he goes home to his wife, and he says, Hey, Daddy. And Daddy comes in with the other uh, gabagool for old Joe. Like, hey, Joe, you had a good day at the docks. You only got two days left of retirement. I'm so pleased Electra's coming to take that work off your lap. You were getting too stressed. <laughs> You're too old for this sh-. And he's like, Daddy, I got some bad news. I'm going to have to stay at wake. Dead bitch. <laughs> we were going to take a holiday. You promised me a trip, Joe. We were going to go to Jersey. <laughs> This is heading to Heatwave, isn't it? Aye, I think event. someone might die at Heatwave. <laughs> Somebody theoretically has to. Again, just to sort of, to show that I'm not... No, what happens to be around Tony probably stacks. To show that I'm not completely biased just against goth stuff. This is a bit like, every bit of him is theoretically mafia. And then it's like, you cost me a championship <laughs> in a wrestling match. I love this character. I don't know what I did before this character came along. I don't know what any of us did before. Like, we're, doing, we're doing something yesterday. Do you know what it was? Was it me and, me and Andy might have been doing the news. Me and Andy were doing the news, mm. and we were talking about how Jamp has improved. And I went, I still remember being stood there at Daniel Lever going, get this fucking schmuck out of here. <laughs> Thank you, Jamper. Get out of here. Meanwhile, that little girl. Who's Johnny Gargano? <laughs> Just, I think... I think about us previewing 2.0 when all we'd seen was the splash of colour. We were all having a big laugh about like what a fun house it was going to be. And we, to be fair, we did predict that like we didn't predict that like 15 new characters would debut on the same night. Oh. But we did imagine like the cycling in of the people that they liked versus the people Triple H had loved, right? And I remember specifically, and like look how things have turned out now. But was saying like you know who the one guy is probably going to like make it work in this crazy fun house 2.0 is LA Knight. Because he's got the wacky catchphrase and the big bombastic look. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's like everybody else doesn't make sense. But LA Knight, it's going to go great for him. Like he lost on the first episode and they introduced the mafia character. And like, we were not thinking on their level. Knight. Like whatever. Like we thought, because LA Knight, yeah. It's kind of a bit stupid. That's the stupid they were in. It's like, hold my stupid. <laughs> right there. They, like he was like too bland. And then they take him off NXT 2.0. 
and he becomes this incredible 2.0 adjacent caricature. Perfect. Absolutely perfect for 2.0. Mm. And yet SmackDown has been given the gift. Like, this is the real developmental now because, yeah. like, I think Tony D'Angelo has more chance of arriving on the main roster fully formed as Tony D'Angelo than three quarters of the NXT Golden Era did. Yeah. Like, that's... that's the be so... Like, it's a ridiculous character, but it works. Yeah. It, I love it. Honestly, I think I read somewhere, or I saw on the news the other day, you know, in America, do you know what the jackpot is? For the, I don't know if it's still there or not, because okay. I might have won it. Do you know what the jackpot is for their, like, mega millions? Take Gone. a guess. Take a guess. A uh, $100 million. One point something billion. What? I'm not joking. How's that? You can become a billionaire yeah, winning a lottery. Like a dollar and then you win a yeah, billion. Apparently. If I won that and I became, so there's, you've not only got Vincent anymore, you've got Trips, yeah. you've got Tony Khan, then you've got Big Willy Wilbo, right? <laughs> right. How many zeros in a billion, please? Just... Uh, nine, surely. Let's One, th- and then nine zeros. I think? I think so. See, my iPhone calculator only allows for 100 million, so I'm going to have to do this math instead. Zeros in a billion. Why does it say zeros in a billion UK? Do they do it? Oh, have they got weird stuff in America? Do you know, if you won even 100 million on this mega super lottery, Big Willie Wilborn, you could buy 67 million, 114,094 Jumbo-sized big gulps. <laughs> That's so many of them. I die walking, happy. Walking, and you would die. Walking the streets of Dallas with my neon drink in a cup that's oh. as big as my head. Still got that. Like you donated oh, that the big to gulp my wife. Cup, yeah. yeah, she loves that. Um, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah. So if I, won the, uh, if I won that Mega Millions, you know, they're like, oh, all Tony Khan's done is just stolen talent from WWE. Yeah, I 100% would. Three <laughs> people are getting signed straight away. Max Dupree, Tony motherfucking D, and Tiffany Stratton. Yeah. That's and it. then Tiffany Stratton. Keep all the others, all your talent. Maybe Nathan Fraser and Zelina Vega to make a stable. <laughs> <laughs> make a stable. The British Invasion. <laughs> uh, Giovanni Vinci. Oh, Giovanni Vinci. Cameron yeah. Grimes actually. Be- Basically, I'll just sign everyone <laughs> in it. and make it this moneyed enterprise, like richer than both companies. TV rights, shove them up your goddamn ass. I just bought a network. <laughs> I put my own adverts on. Ah, you having uh, financial problems? <laughs> Go screw yourself. I got a billion dollars. I got my own wrestling foundation. Privatize the BB motherfucking C? I don't fucking think so. It's the will be C. I'll privatize it. I'll keep it the same fucking way, but it'll have a wrestling show on every goddamn <laughs> night. Five nights a week, EastEnders. Oh, <laughs> Tony D and EastEnders. Tony D EastEnders. <laughs> now, I was thinking about Giovanni Vinci making it to SmackDown, mm-hmm. right? What did he hate happening to him on this episode of NXT 2.0? Getting water on his chest. Imagine the disgust if he got chopped on it. What oh. have you done to my beautiful chest? You look unfamiliar. <laughs> I've seen you before. <laughs> Uh, so I'm sitting Giovanni Vinci going through Ludwig Kaiser <laughs> and like all the sort of like the Grapple F fans like, what have they done to my Imperium and it's, it's made, like, coming out and taking me and you are like they made him totally better <laughs> they made it good sorry guys <laughs> Boreas went before so just like us presenting us presenting Homer Simpson's car you're welcome Albert Firelash legend uh, again, they started a women's match in the split-screen commercial break, but yeah. hey, this is not AW. Um, Legends working over <laughs> fire. Legends working over fire. We come back from the break. Uh, fire blocks a superplex. Legend takes a bump off the rope. She grabs a baseball bat to use it as a weapon again. But fire's learnt. She ducks underneath it. Super kicks her. Gory bomb. Swanton. One, two, three. Alba Fire's great. I say this every week. Just a match, um, a routine, ultimately a routine win for Alba Fire, despite the fact they put some, like, they built an angle around mm. this. And I guess this was, this was for them, not for us. This was for, like, you know, coaches are going to watch this. Alba Fire is going to sit down with Lash Legend and they're going to talk about yeah. it. And I, but it's like a TV show, isn't it? Like, what am I, what am, me the fan, other than, like, well, Alba Fire is building momentum. She's like a problem down the road from Andy mm. Rose. Fair enough. But we know what's going on here. And this is for somebody's development, and we're just having to watch it. I like I, I can't take anything narratively from this. Like basketball distraction, baseball bat distraction, very, 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 very hyperfunctional short match. It's not exactly some classic war and peace tale, is it? It's weird as well because you've got a show called Heat Wave coming up, and someone who's got a bat that's set on fire, and you go, "Yeah, blow off the feud here." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get it done now. 
Uh, right, Carmelo Hayes, this was brilliant mm-hmm. breadcrumbs. Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams are just celebrating. They're leaving the building, and all the ladies are there. But <laughs> I like the fact that they were like, you deal with this, ladies. We're just going to go in and do a wrestling match. They come out, and the women go, the car's not starting. And they go, don't worry. And I go, oh, Here no. There's a full scan. Anyway, a match coming. Before that, though, and Nikita Lyons is not happy about that. Kiana James, who did a presentation on her last week. <laughs> um, she owns who she is. You judge me because I don't fit into a small box. I'm not going to change myself for anyone, especially you. You can find out in the ring next week. I think she's going to be a massive, massive baby face star. Yeah. I'm not kidding. Like, I get all the vibes. You know what they're doing with her. Yep. Especially that pinfall. Uh, Solo Sokoa versus Von Wagner in the wild Falls Count Anywhere match was the main event. Sorry, my wife is trying to call me for some reason. I'm at work, love. (laughs) Uh, Do you think like she works like the other side of Newcastle from where we're sat right now? Do you think she heard one of your two point ohs and like just thought you were in pain and thought you best check if you were okay? <laughs> so yes, yeah, Solis Coat versus Von Wagner. Um, she with... got her on the podcast. Oh, <laughs> 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 like, what is it you're doing? Tipo, oh, not that bloody Tuesday show you watches. Just all, all into one for I'm in bed. It's the middle of the night, and I can just hear him screaming downstairs and shouting, come downstairs and watch this. No. It's like, we've seen The Godfather, all three of them. It's like, this is better than The Godfather. What's your, do you watch downstairs in the morning? Uh, I watch, watch? Uh, t- to be truthful, I watch wherever I can fit it, independent yeah. of where, where the kids are at this point. See, I watch in bed with my headphones in okay, on right. my phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about when you, like, pop? Well, She's she just stuck with that. That's the thing. This morning, she's there. You know, it's an hour before she probably needs to wake up. Mm. <laughs> Santos, you dirty f***ing rat! <laughs> Morning, love. <laughs> no, that's okay. You, go back <laughs> you do that thing where like, I'm sorry, I did something work here. <laughs> so, anyway, so let's go of Von Wagner with uh, Robert Stone as a, an annoyance around both of them, yeah. basically. Uh, <laughs> immediately sort of spills out to the floor. Sokoa uh, is in control, but then Von Wagner reverses and throws him into the ring steps. I thought Von Wagner looked massive. Huge! Here. Um, Wagner chucks some steps and some chairs into the ring and then twats the car in the ring on the back with the chair. Uh, and then he, oh, st- early on, just built one of those bridges with the chairs, which always, I think is one of the scariest things mm-hmm. I've ever seen when someone builds those chair things, aside from when they do it the other way around and then just some, slam someone's back into Oh, the, Adam Cole. Yeah. Oh. But he builds a bridge. And I always think, what if a tiny, all you need is a bit of jagged metal. Yeah. And it slices your back wide open, but it doesn't, thankfully. They build the two chairs, and he slams them into the seat part of both of them, and they bend in half, and it looks great. Um, they spill outside. Uh, Sokoa gives uh, Von Wagner a Samoan drop onto the announce desk, where that stays where it is for now. They brawl around ringside. They brawl <laughs> onto the sound stage. Wade and Vic have still got raging hard on some earlier on the show, and it's keeping it sturdy underneath. Uh, they brawl outside, and there is Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a great spot. The car just plows through Hayes, and he goes flying into his own back seat. <laughs> uh, Von Wagner st- st- resumes the fight with Sokoa. They fight near a WWE-branded dumpster. <laughs> and uh, Wagner throws him into the dumpster and shuts the lid, and they go, it's not a dumpster match, right? No. That's, that's tonight. That's, that's a wrong company, wrong show. Done it, though. Done it already, so you've got that. Um, Sokoa does a great sort of pop-up. Pops up, throws the lid open. They fight back on. And again, more world-building. Cameron Grams is leaving the building. They just run through him. <laughs> they just trash straight through him. Uh, they tumble into the building. Uh, Sokoa gets sidewalk slammed by Wagner into the uh, table, or through a table, I should say, and gets a nice near fall on that. Um, but Sokoa recovers via fire extinguisher to the face, which always gets heavy. They fight back into the ring. Sokoa gives him some re- receipts for those chair shots earlier, smacks him with a chair a few times. Um, I mentioned earlier there were steps put in the ring by Wagner and uh, Sokoa catches Wagner with a urinagi into the steps that gets him a near fall. Sokoa goes up top. Stone grabs his foot uh, to stop him doing the big splash. So Sokoa just headbutts him and Stone disappears forever. That allows uh, Wagner to strike, but Sokoa counters, posts him, 
Super kicks him. He falls back onto the announce desk, and then Sokoa climbs the turnbuckles and hits a huge superfly splash through the table. One, two, three. Sokoa wins the wild falls count anywhere match. I really enjoyed this. Yeah, it was a lot of empty calories violence, but I just thought it was really well paced. The um, so the big finish. Obviously, you need you need to give Solo Sokoa a big visual. This we said before, like this whole kind of feud and this big match, and indeed how they promoted it was going to exist as a massive platform for him. It felt like the first time they've ever really committed to him as a as a prospect, as a breakout, as somebody that might not be long for NXT 2.0. Yeah. And in that sense, I think this was a massive success for him because I think there were a ton of big visuals here. They were all spaced out just enough that they all got given the time to breathe without it being that WWE stop and watch it six times while they rest and then you move on to the next thing. Constantly felt like it was moving. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was like not very little of the violence felt violent. I wasn't yeah. I wasn't wincing. I wasn't really. But, you know, like when we've talked about like the, the uh, what was the recent one? The barbed wire match where, like, the Blackpool Combat Club and the Jericho Appreciation Society are flinging punches. Not really fighting. Mm. They're just there to be moving wallpaper for the, like, actual set piece of what's going on in the ring. It was all kind of that, but the big spots were quite impressive. And, like, I know you're you're half joking about world building, but the Mellow and, like, the Mellow and Williams bit was funny. Mm-hmm. And then the thing with the Cameron Grimes bit is Grimes temporarily joining... Joe Gacy, or feeling pulled into that, can now be done via a turn on Solo Sikawa. Mm-hmm. Or, 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 and or, Joe Gacy says, look, Cameron, like, you are invisible to these people, but not to me. I see you, even if nobody else in that locker yeah. room. Yeah. You know, I, I think that's a detail. I agree. With either one or the other that will factor into Cameron Grimes' choice with Joe Gacy. And it is silly stuff, but, like, they're applying those that level of thought to it. This didn't need that, did it? They're brawling through an arena. It didn't need to feature another storyline and overlap and fold in so that Solo Sokoa has got his next thing to do. Yeah. But it'll probably be that. So I, I quite like that as well. More yeah. positive than negative to this. Yeah, Definitely. I agree. And a decent ending to the show. Uh, let us know your thoughts on everything that happened on Dupo on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Well, actually, you can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamlet at... Michael Hamlet. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. As I said, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from. For daily wrestling podcasts, uh, myself and Hamlet looking ahead to AW Daniel Bates a little bit later on today. But for now, this has been the Duper O Review. My thanks to Michael Hamlet. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 